All right. Hello. What's going on? Rich Ryan here. Reinforced Running Podcast. What's going on? Today, we're going to talk about some compromised running, what that means, and how to improve it. And not necessarily from a workout perspective. There's a lot we could do from that angle and figuring out the best way to specifically prepare you for an event. We'll touch on that briefly toward the end. So if you're interested in that, stick around. But mostly around some of the tangible pieces of compromised running, which will hopefully allow you to improve in that aspect like right away. (laughs) So that's the goal for today. Before we get into it, this podcast is brought to you by Resolute Coffee. Resolute Coffee, I've been drinking this for a couple of months now, three or four months, and it's an absolute delight. Every morning, the coffee just holds up high quality stuff from different beans from different regions. The founder of Resolute Coffee is part of our community. He's out there busting his hump every day training and then putting it, putting those efforts right back in to his business. I appreciate that very much. I love that he's part of the community and I love that he's doing this with quality. So if you like quality coffee, if you appreciate your morning so much that you want to savor those moments when that caffeine hits and the coffee just tastes so good and you're just like ready to rock, you're ready to run, you're ready to lift, you're ready to go to work, whatever you're running to do, make that experience even more enjoyable with Resolute Coffee. RR20 at checkout for 20% off of your order. I personally like the African beans and also the Aponte honey from Colombia. This is just delicious stuff. Resolute Coffee, crush shit daily. All right, so now we're going to talk about compromised running. So basically, that's what we're doing here in hybrid fitness racing or OCR. It's basically it's how you how well you can run after you've done other things other than running, right? It's what separates our sport from a marathon, a road race, from CrossFit. It's this how well can you access your high-end ability when you are then fatigued through other aspects other than running, like, right, like regular running, you can set yourself to a pace, you stick right there and you run right at your threshold for whatever event you're working on and you ride it until the wheels come off. If you're racing in a specific race, maybe there might be some ups and downs, maybe some hills, maybe some moves here or there, but generally you're going to kind of know when to move and when not to move based off of your fitness and your training. Compromised running is a little bit different. There's going to be different elements that are thrown in in your way that are going to basically slow you down. This term coined by my good friend, Bracken Crocker, and he's just like an OG when it comes to OCR. And now he's into that hybrid fitness space. And we collectively, he also coined this one. We talked about MAUD, M-A-U-D, your maximum available under duress. So that's really what you want to access, right? Like how fast you can run is one thing. And of course it's good to be faster, right? You're having more available to you will only be advantageous for what you're going to do into the event. But, but to a point, there's an amount of external stimulus that can really be detrimental to your running. And this is what separates, again, the high end runners when they come into our sport, they get beat up pretty bad because they're not used to that external stimulus, but that's what we're doing here. We are taking on other pieces that are going to build and drive fatigue and needing to run. If we can't run after these other elements, 
we're always going to have a hard time in this sport. So that's really what I want to talk about. And again, more on the tangible side, things that you can do like in your workout tomorrow that's going to help you improve your compromised running. A lot of this is anecdotal, but also things that I've shared and things that I've talked about with the athletes and friends who I correspond with frequently. So the first thing that I would recommend for you to do during a compromised running, either in an event or during training, is to focus on your running form and have running form cues that are going to allow you to mentally tap back in to the task at hand and to take a, your mind away from the the fatigue brought from these external forces. So when we're after we come out of a station or even like late, late stage in a race, well, when the running fatigue is actually kicking in, there's a lot of alarm bells that are going to start going off that are going to basically want you to slow down, right? Like if it's, a, if it's like the skier, there's going to be some different fatigue that happens throughout your arms, your core, and a little bit through like your glutes and legs. And this could be through some sort of lactate byproduct that comes through. That's going to drive up your respiration rate. It's going to drive up your, it could potentially drive up your heart rate. And these are all cues that send like those alarm bells to your brain that are going to be like, Hey, we are in a bit of crisis here. How about we, how about we chill this out? So this can be improved through training, of course, but it could also be override. Uh, like you can override this through mental practice because although yes we we are in some a bit more of dire circumstances than we have been when we're just at like homeostasis when we're just hanging out chilling we're not at the point where we need to to slow down so taking that thought those those alarm bells and whistles that are going off naturally in 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 your brain to make you slow down so that you are in a safer environment we ignore that we ignore that from the start. And the a great way to do this is to immediately start focusing on your running form. So this could like running form can degenerate in a couple of because of a couple factors. But, but a lot of times, like for me, I start to feel like that the fatigue is overwhelming because my running has become slower. And this is more probably because my background from, you know, traditional cross country and track and field where if things start to go slower, it generally means okay. I've gone beyond my tipping point and I can't come back with compromised running in OCR, in DECA, in, in high rocks. That's exactly what we're doing like over and over and over. We're going up beyond where we should be and we're able to kind of come back down. We're conditioning ourselves to have those kind of spikes in effort. So if your training's on point, that shouldn't be an issue. Just because you're running a little bit slower because of the, the external forces of the stations or the obstacles does not mean that you are to a point of fatigue where you can't come back because in running we'll get to basically uh, at or above our threshold, right? Like it, it, there's, there's a lot of, I, there's a lot of factors that come into fatigue and we don't quite know exactly what it is. I kind of am in the, uh, I kind of have my mind made up right now. They could definitely change on the road that it's a byproduct within our system uh, either too much lactate or if we've spiked too hard and then getting rid of that lactate out of the system is going to help going to slow us down one way or another, whether it, it is just our, our heart rate is driven too high to the point where it needs to slow down. Our respiration rate gets driven up to, for the, to, to the same extent because we cannot deal with this byproduct that's in our body. So we need to, to ultimately slow down to flush that out completely. 
that can happen in in these stations, right? But because we are not steady at this one place, it can come it can come way down. Like there's this level where we can where you again you will overdo it and then it kind of builds and builds and builds and it pops. If we are not at that level where it's like building and building and building, like it might like the sudden like rise in it is going to cause a tremendous amount of fatigue. And again, those alarm uh, and those bells and whistles are going to come off. But when we come back down, we can come back down through running, right? We are not necessarily because these like lactate is produced pretty much in isolation. If there's been some studies where it shows that depending on the activity that you're doing, that's how you're going to condition yourself to improve the, the lactic, the byproduct. So, right. Like if you're skiing, as soon as you're not skiing, you're going to stop producing lactate because it's not as like isolated in, in specific areas. So if you're going to ski and you're going to run and things are going to settle back down. So as long, so from a pacing perspective, as long as you have an idea of where that is, you should be good. As long as you're not like hitting it and running over your red line, then everything is going to accumulate and you're going to completely fall apart. If you've fallen apart during a high rocks, you know what I'm talking about. It ain't great. It feels not great. Super duper not great. So one way to fight this, because there's not that fatigue, just because it feels kind of localized from these different areas, thinking about your running form. Thinking about your running form is going to help put you in a place because it's not your running that's gotten you to this place where it feels super fatigued. It's these external forces, right? So putting your running back into place the way that it should be is just going to help you become more efficient and reduce the rate of perceived exertion. And it's going to help you help you reduce and use that and like flush out that byproduct from the lactate that is causing that immediate fatigue. So for me, one thing that I like to do, and in particular, this is, this is just like personal preference based on my own running form. I think about leaning forward. Like I think about leaning my hips forward, helping gravity move me a little bit more and not just pressing, pressing on when I get fatigued, everything kind of moves backwards. I kind of lean, I lose that forward lean, become a little bit more upright, less, and it's less advantageous position. So I'm going to be running slower, which is going to be less efficient, which is going to, again, cause that heart rate, that respiration rate to remain almost the same where if I lean forward and focus on my running form, I start to run faster. And then my respiration rate doesn't change. My heart rate doesn't change. It's just that I'm more efficient while I'm running. So therefore I can go faster. <laughs> like, and the, the, the time that it takes to flush out or kind of get back closer to like below your threshold where you should be running, that is going to take probably about the same <laughs> but you're not going to waste as much time. Like if you're running with, with poor form, you're going to be less efficient. You're not going to move as well. And it's not going to, that byproduct isn't going to move, move the way that it's not going to move better. <laughs> it's not helping you running with worse form is not helping you, but it is something that will just happen because of this amount of fatigue that sets in. And it's going to feel like the running is what's killing you when like, it's all of the things up to that point that has been kind of, chipping away at you. So focusing on that running form is very important so that you can be, be a little bit more efficient, continue to run fast while you kind of get back to that, that like 
below threshold where you need to be because it will come back because it's not just the running that's causing the fatigue. And I can't stress that enough. You are not dying because of the running. You are dying because of all of the stuff. So your redu- your reduction in form, which may happen at the end of a 5K or something, like that, that's just from the running. You might like that's like, and you might not have control over that. Your coordination might be a, a mess. Like they're like you're not going to be able to fire the same way or not be able to move the way that you want to because of the running that causes the fatigue. And these other things, like there's a point where the running might be that, but for the most part, it's these external obstacles, external stations that's causing those that fatigue. And those are always short. So it's not going to have this big, long lasting, like buildup of fatigue. It's quick. It's quick. And if you can get back to your running form, you'll be able to run faster and recover better. So this doesn't necessarily have to be that forward lean, whatever it needs for whatever that means for you is what you should focus on, right? That could be your arm swing. It could be your knee drive. It could be your foot placement. It could be like your a head bobble. It could be any type of thing where you know specifically you have tendency to fall apart when it comes to your running. And that's going to be different for most people. But making sure you are checking in there and focusing specifically on that. Another reason this is very helpful is that it kind of it takes your attention away from that fatigue that you that you are feeling from from allowing yourself to listen to those bells and whistles and to slow down like oh i am actually tired i need to slow down that was really hard i should slow down like you can't really multitask right your brain is focused on one piece and it can be either how tired you are, or it could be about your running form. It's not, no matter what you're thinking about, it's not going to change like literally what's happening to you, but it's going to change what you're thinking about and how you're thinking about what's happening to you. And if, again, if you want to override those things, you might have to steer away from, from that, th- that type of thinking. And cause it's going to be overwhelmingly negative. That's just natural. Your body wants you to slow down. <laughs> you're uncomfortable. You're in crisis, but you don't have to because you're physically prepared to do these things that you're doing. So taking your mind from the negative thought of just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. And it doesn't even have to be anything other than that than to be negative. It could be, I am tired. It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, I'm, I'm no good at this. I always wimp out, whatever, whatever. Like that's extremely negative. And then you're kind of toast. But if you can just divert it, it doesn't have to be any type of pot, like anything super positive. It could just be literally the task at hand and help staying present. And it's going to help your efficiency. So that's a great place to focus on during this compromise running. Something else that is kind of adjacent to this is having like body check-ins. It doesn't necessarily have to be specifically toward your running form. And this is almost kind of like a mental mantra that I'll, I'll put in place during races or during very hard workouts. I do this quite a bit. So I will check into my body just to, just to, just to see how it's feeling, (laughs) right? Because the mind will, will wander and there might be things that kind of pop up and all of a sudden like bang, the fatigue is too hard. It's too heavy. It's too, it's too, it's too far gone. So this is more of a pacing tactic as well, just to see where you're at. Like, okay, here I am. Where am I? And like, there's external things that you could use like your heart rate monitor or uh, like a power meter 
or or whatever that is but i would recommend against that like we like these these events are so varied and things move up and down like crazy that like the heart rate's just going to shift and move i haven't found the heart rate to be extremely effective in terms of training for this like there's a point where it's it's good to kind of check back in and see where you're at and during a race like there is a point where you can kind of look and see but like we don't necessarily need to have external data dictating our performance because that's why we race right like we can do that all during training and figure out like where to be and and how and what this correlates to and and what your heart rate does and what that what that means for your respiration rate and what that means for your levels of fatigue globally but like we race so we can kind of override that that's the time where you want to push yourself beyond what you do in training so if you're going to be a slave to like the heart rate deal like i don't know if you're doing a really long event like if you are doing a Spartan beast, if you're doing a Spartan ultra, if you're doing a regular ultra, if you're doing an Ironman, okay. Because like, you're going to need to know what that heart rate is going to do to you at mile at hour two versus hour eight and how that changes like everything. But like, if it's between, you know, minute 35 and minute 55, yes, there's definitely a point where you don't want to overdo it, but you should be able to do this mentally by checking in and physically understanding what's happening and how you're feeling, what that means to you. So checking in to the physical when you're feeling fatigued and during that type of, uh, and after the compromise part, just to like keep your finger on the pulse of like your energy. And for me, it's more just to affirm that nothing's actually wrong. I like to check in, like I'll get real tight in my traps. That's where I start to kind of my, my, my running form will kind of deteriorate to that. And I, I think I get a little bit tight. I get, I think I get a little bit chest breathy. My shoulders come up and my traps start to feel a little tense. So that, so if that's just feel like I can instantly kind of move a mental cue to like pull my shoulders down, breathe more into my diaphragm, stay relaxed, stay relaxed is something I tell myself a lot. And then I'll, I'll just move down my body, like into my arms, into my legs and nothing's ever wrong, <laughs> like actually wrong. I'm tired. Yes, but it's all, that's part of the deal here. And it's not like, oh, I'm going to be injured. I need to slow down. This needs to stop. There is one piece that I will focus on in particular, like in my gut, when things get a little bit overwhelming, I'll start to get a little bit of that nauseous feeling. And that's not incredibly sustainable. That that's like where you should be at the very end. So if that's happening kind of in the middle, I will make sure to kind of check that and, and slow things down until it goes away. And then I'll try to hover right under it. Uh, Cause if I push into that too early, um, sometimes it goes away, but a lot of times I'll just end up popping. So having those mental check-ins, seeing where you're at again, it's very similar to the running form piece. Only this is more of a, a mantra type to help, um, help you understand what is regular fatigue versus what's, not necessarily natural and it's something you might need to look out for most of the time you're not gonna be facing injury you're just gonna be tired and you can continue to go something i also like to do is to kind of embrace this feeling i used to kind of like try to trick myself into saying that i enjoy it but it's not enjoyable <laughs> it is not an enjoyable feeling no matter how like twisted you are or how much you want it to be enjoyable. Like usually it's the after that's enjoyable. Like you're done and you're like, man, I'm so proud of myself that I was able to do that. I can't wait to see what happens with my fitness as I progress. But in that actual moment, 
It's like pulling teeth. That's not enjoyable. You can tell yourself, oh, this is great. This is fun. It's not. It's not, and eventually you're going to be lying to yourself. So you don't want you don't want to lie to yourself in these moments, as opposed to because then you can you can turn it can turn. Where I will just embrace it, right? Like this is an it's an opportunity to test myself to see where I'm at. It's not often that I occupy this 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 uncomfortable space, and so that's what training is like training hard is embracing that to me and seeing what I can do there. And and real, realistically, like if I'm training a lot, like that'll be, I'll be in this place two or three times per week and only for like a short amount of time at that, like, I don't know, 20 minutes at a time, maybe, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less depending on what I got going on. But it's like an, it's an opportunity to push and improve. So I'd like to think, seize it, seize the opportunity like that as opposed to being like, oh, I enjoy this. I don't, but I enjoy how I feel after how it positions me to improve later. And so that's, these are things that I'm telling myself, like this, these moments when it starts to feel gnarly is to be like, this is what we're doing. This is why we are doing it. Doing it is, is what that feels like. And knowing that I can continue to go when it starts to feel that way. Another thing you can do is positive thinking. Ma- mantras are very, are helpful for sure, but mostly kind of things that can that help you stay present. One thing that I've that I try to do is is stay positive. I've dipped kind of like into the negative space, kind of like don't be a wuss, <laughs> don't blow this type of thing, and it hasn't necessarily hurt me. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but if you can keep things positive that's also it's also helpful but whatever it is for you that is going to motivate you in one way or another that seems to motivate me one way or another i've had people pleasing tendencies in my life that of course I'm, I'm, i've been working on and so it seems that if i kind of position my mantra around like how i'm perceived <laughs> it's helpful not great it's not what not what i want not what I want, but it works right now, and it's going to help me get these results that I can get. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean in a little bit, and then I'll work on a, on in my off time. In my off time is when I'll work to it. So those things you could do right now, right? Those are pieces that you can dive right into to make sure that you are mentally engaging with this discomfort, and also like having some some feedback for yourself to make sure you are staying present and 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 areas to stay present in. So then when the fatigue really starts to set in, you have tools to combat that specifically when it comes to feeling compromised. So here's a couple of quick takeaways with the actual compromise running workouts. I'm not going to give any nuts and bolts, but just kind of like ideas around what you want to accomplish and for the different events. So there's there's different styles that you can go to depending on your event. Sometimes you're going to need to run like fast in and out of stations. Uh, I think DecaFit, Spartan 3K, a Spartan Sprint. And there's going to be other pieces where you're going to be incredibly taxed from the stations themselves. And that like more like that high rocks so or these longer events that, that are going to put a lot of, a lot of damage to your system. So for things like DecaFit, I would encourage you to do some compromise running at an elevated pace, doing things to making sure that you can continue to run at an elevated pace. So you don't want to overdo it so much with the movements or whatever station work that you're doing to the point where you come out and you're completely dragging. The 
fatigue that sets in during a decafit is again kind of in that like it's very it's similar to like a 5k 10k where you want to kind of want to sit below or like right at your threshold for the event and just hang on hang on hang on and that fatigue should come in toward that back half and that's when you should be prepared it's much less of an up and down and it should be a little bit more sustained so learning how to run fast in uh, stations, what station pacing you're going to need so that you can continue to move fast because the stations are short that you're not going to make up a ton of ground on them. But if you overdo it, you can lose a lot of ground on the running, right? So it's about figuring out how to maintain a consistent but fast effort for the entire time. So I would recommend, you know, working at these lighter stations, not like that are going to be specifically DECA, and hitting like moving at and finding your pace, finding your pace so that so you can move in and out quickly. I wouldn't necessarily stack stations and then move into running unless you just really want to simulate what it could feel like in that back two to three, three to four stations. Uh, that's going to be pretty important just so you're not overdoing it, going crazy. Hyrox is certainly a different story. Uh, you're going to have a severe muscular. Uh, compromised fatigue in the early stages of the race. So working on getting like back close to right that at that threshold as, as quickly as possible is, is very important for this while, while being overly taxed on these stations. So this is something where you might want to stack some movements within the, the gym or whatever you're doing where to create a ton of fatigue and then head out running. So within high rocks, there are a couple of different pieces that are going to pose different types of obstacles during the race itself. So the big heavy things like the sleds in particular, they're going to be, it's going to cause a lot of disruption throughout your system because there's like this full body bracing that you need to do, which is going to restrict blood flow basically everywhere. And in particular, like where you're doing most of the work. So when you're pushing that sled, you're going to draw a lot of blood and oxygen into your legs but because you're bracing so heavy with your upper body and core. It makes it harder for blood to get there. So your legs will blow up a little bit faster and it's going to drive up like your respiration rate and potential, potentially your heart rate. Like again, they're not always it. It could, I don't know. It, it does. Sometimes it doesn't always, right? Like it's not, that's not a one to one, but as that respiration rate goes up, you're you're going to be trying to draw more oxygen in to get more blood into the areas it needs to be. And then you start pushing that sled again, and it's going to be restricted because of how tight your muscles are clenching that the blood flow is then slowed. <laughs> All right. So this is uh, very challenging. And you come out of it and you have like this rush of blood happen. So if you, if you ever get kind of like dizzy in or in or around the sleds, that's most likely what's what's happening. So that type of fatigue is is pretty jarring to deal with because your legs are fatigued for sure because of the lack of the blood that, that got there and just being having to push this thing. And you come out, your respiration rate and your heart rate can be elevated. So that is where you can take on a lot like heavier lifting or things that are going to be harder to deal with to deal with when it comes to breathing. Things like thrusters, front squats, clean and jerks, um, anything that's loaded up onto your body and then it's going to kind of compress your diaphragm. Those type of air, and of course, pushing the sled <laughs> like that, that's going to be very helpful. Where with these other aspects of it, the compromised running piece is going to come down to your cardio fitness 
and and cardio fitness and pacing or, or your muscular uh, endurance. Like the, I would say the lunges is going to be mostly that muscular endurance piece. The blood flow isn't restricted as much as it would be for something like the sled, but the, like the demands and the pace of the, the lunges are going to cause uh, a lot of muscular damage, which is going to, going to, going to send some signals for blood to kind of get down there again, raising your, raising your heart rate, raising your respiration rate. So when you come out of that, you know, your legs are going to feel like a little bit heavy and um, your breathing could be a little bit out of whack too. So that's going to be more muscular endurance. So doing high reps of things and then moving back out into the run to, to kind of shake that feeling off where it's going to be a little more like damage on your muscles as opposed to like lack of uh, lack of blood flow due to like upper body bracing. So that again, could be higher rep stuff, air squats, lunges. Uh, it could be a salt bike. It, it, things that are going to be a little bit higher in cadence and are going to be specifically targeted toward the areas that, that you need to work on the machines themselves that's cardio output. Um, and same with the burpees and even the farmers carry the farmer carries, that's going to be what you need to do in terms of your, your cardio fitness and just working at improving that and then going back out into running. So it's going to be more about like regulating your respiration rate and your, your rate of perceived exertion. And figuring and being able to improve those specific stations so that you can go faster on those without taking on as much damage. So I think those are kind of worked in isolation. Like it can be, it's it's helpful so you understand what pace is appropriate for the burpees and like the skier. So when you're out running, you're not like take you're not needing to completely like set yourself back. But generally, it's going to be your respiration rate that's going to be what's going to be pretty high or your heart rate and figuring out what your pace is and improving your ability to work at, within those stations is what's going to be the most helpful. All right. So there's many, many, many ways that we can improve our running. We can improve our stations and we'll touch on that. Of course, we'll touch on that. We'll do a lot of that stuff. But right now, I hope these things, these, these, these tactile cues that you could use, I think I hope will be helpful within your next workout so that you can Stay present and continue to improve. Stay efficient and get mentally and physically tougher. All right, before we get out of here, shouts to my apparel sponsor, 10,000. These guys are top-notch when it comes to fitness apparel for athletes, like real athletes who are working hard. They need apparel that's going to hold up. And they're like, Hyrox has made a decision. I mean, I'm sorry. 10,000 has made a decision to invest within high rocks, right? Like giving support to athletes like myself and Ryan Kent, David McGee Dylan Scott base and the, at the employees within 10,000, they're advocates. They're out there. They're training hard. They are really care about this stuff and they're at the events, right? So they personally care about us and the product that they have is without a doubt, the best out there. Like I was using this stuff before I was even uh, sponsored by them. So now it was a complete no brainer. Like it's just reliable apparel and it's super durable without being like clunky or uncomfortable or looking like garbage. It looks cool. Fits great. Feels awesome on your skin and holds up. Most importantly, you don't, ha- I never have to worry about the apparel that I have on performing to my needs. And I work it hard. I go hard. I sweat hard. I'm, I'm on the ground, I'm moving around and it's holding up and I can wear it repeatedly you know wear after wear and it, it just looks the same and it, it's just holding up it's it's just incredible apparel that I, I'm, I'm very pleased about for me the interval short and the versatile shirt 
they'll hold up to just about anything. <laughs> if I, if, if I'm not sure what I'm getting into, that's what I'm putting on. If I'm going to the gym, lifting heavy, that's what I'm putting on. If I'm going out to the trail, I'm definitely, I can put on those interval short and I'm feeling really good about it. So check out 10,000 again, they're supporting us. We should support them. Plus it's awesome stuff. It's great stuff. If you haven't tried it, our, our, our Ryan 15, 15% off on your first order. Make sure you're taking Make sure you're subscribing to Reinforced Running Podcast feed so you can get all of this good stuff. Plus, Mile Hybrid Show also on this feed with Ryan Kent. If you've been dialed into that, let us know. Drop us a review. Tell us what you like. See and let us know if if there's any changes that you would like to see made or any feedback that you have for us. Very helpful for us. If you have a friend who's getting into Hyrax, you want to let them know what Compromise Running is all about. Shoot them this podcast. See if they enjoy it. That's it for me. I'll talk to you soon.